Welcome to the podcast. Today is April 20th, 2020. And today we're going to talk about social distancing and surrendering our rights to big tech. Because it looks like our friendly overlords there in big tech are here to save us once again. Yep, that's right. The benevolent masters over at Google and Apple are now looking to use your location data to try to piece together just how well everybody's obeying the social distancing recommendations. And who has been exposed to the dreaded Cervasa sickness. But not to worry though, Apple have confirmed that the data that they gather is not going to be tied to any Apple ID, so they supposedly won't know what each individual person is up to. That's right, they pinky promise they won't collect any more data than necessary. Ah, you know, I feel so relieved already. But in all seriousness though, uh, if the government wants to know who is running around town too much, who we're meeting and so forth, and they certainly do want to know, not only will they find out, but they'll probably find out in secret. Anyway, how does this tool work then? So this contact tracing tool that Apple and Google want to create, they want to have your smartphone log when you come into close contact with other people. And if any of those people report symptoms to a health authority, then your phone is basically going to receive an alert about the diagnosis of that person. So that's right. This solution will essentially exchange contact information with everybody you meet. No big deal. And apparently, this solution is going to make use of Bluetooth signals. And of course, Bluetooth signals, as we know, they can travel through physical barriers. So the tool might well deliver contact notifications completely falsely. So say, for example, if there's a wall between you and another person, you can get a notification about being exposed to the dreaded coronavirus when in reality, you and that other person have been in totally separate apartments. But no problem. It's not like many people live in apartments or anything. Anyway, here's the problem. Well, one of them. We are already misleading ourselves by over-consuming real-time data without any kind of context or sense of scale. So, I mean, look at how badly we've already confused ourselves with all this daily infection data. And, uh, and not to mention these tests that everybody's running around trying to get, they are themselves still not that accurate. So I think this is going to be another case of even more panic because of big, dumb data. Not big data, big dumb data. And moreover, I mean, look, you don't fight pandemics with an opt-in smartphone update. Because an app can't trace, you know, which surfaces you touch or who touched them before you. And an app can't make you sneeze into your elbow. An app can't trace whether or not you'd washed your hands before you touched those lemons at the supermarket. Nor if that person prior to you had done so, for that matter. Anyway, life is not as absolute as a software developer might hope. You know, the real world can't easily be reduced down to simple events like some video game. And at the moment, I mean, we see lots of these simulations and visualizations and modeling of the virus spread here and there, but as sophisticated as all that stuff might seem, all that is crude guesstimations, approximations, it's blunt renderings of the infinitely complex thing we call reality. And the real world is not some video game where each interaction can be neatly translated into a point on a scoreboard or an entry in a database. It doesn't work like that. Because technology exists on the level of the abstract, it doesn't have as much bearing on the physical world as you might hope. And data, as much as we love to praise data and big data, whatever that means, it's just a lagging record of what's already transpired in the real world, not the other way around. So apps and data collection, 
that's not what's going to save the world here. But what it will do is it will destroy privacy, it will facilitate more surveillance, and it will enable unerasable life history on everyone. Now, we are told that this contact tracing solution here is going to be opt-in. And there is some debate about how many people might opt into this thing. But I think that's kind of a moot point, because if you, they don't get enough people to opt in, and they would require something like 60% for this to have any kind of significance, then rest assured that they'll simply fill in the gaps with other means. I mean, you can replicate somebody's position and replicate who they've been in contact with using things such as you know the 4G carrier signal, or just use any of the other surveillance that your phone conducts 24-7. So, for example, you can incorporate the gyroscopic and accelerometer data from your phone quite easily. And used together, these two can store your location and movements, even if your phone is in flight mode. So that location data is going to be transmitted to the cloud when you re-enable your, your data connection. So if you think that you can just keep your phone in flight mode while you're out to circumvent the tracing, that's not going to help you keep off the grid. And actually, you know, your phone also has a compass, it has a barometer, which basically detects altitude, and all these signals can help determine your location very, very accurately. I mean, look, your phone even has biometric sensors, and they can be used to collect, you know, things like your heart rate and, you know, your oxygen saturation and so forth. But hey, your, your phone is your friend, right? It's not like any of that data will be stored forever and it's not like it will ever find its way into the hands of, let's say, insurance companies or financial institutions or police databases, right? Because there will never ever be a rogue developer at, say, Google or Apple who might sell that data to anyone. Nope, that cannot happen. Look, I mean, it's already possible to piece together your entire life, your connections, your habits, your whereabouts, your preferences, your health profile, your finances, your interests, your fetishes, your kinks, your quirks, based on all that data that you're leaving behind. So the point being, you don't need to volunteer any more data about you. So my advice is leave your phone at home. Plus, you're going to feel much better doing so. So don't participate in any of this nonsense. I mean, there's no law that states that you have to surrender your data. And chances are, wherever you are, there's actually even no law that prohibits you from moving around freely outside. And it's kind of amazing to see just how quickly people bowed their heads in submission and effectively just kind of locked themselves up voluntarily. And I think this is kind of the modern equivalent of how people carried their own suitcases to the freight trains in 1940s Germany, really. You know, how they collected their valuables as instructed and carried their own suitcases to the trains. I mean, that's a bit of a morose idea. But anyway, when it comes to this privacy abuse thing, it's kind of sad, really, to see how complacent we are. And I think that before long, you're going to see people proudly proclaim on social media how they're being such good citizens, how they are celebrating all this tracing technology and how they're doing their bit by downloading it. And also, look just how quick people were to start snitching on each other, you know, for the heinous crime of getting some fresh air. You know, I think people are kind of stuck in the mindset of government solving problems, government and tech together solving big problems. And, and it's really kind of fascinating because suddenly the very government that insisted that there was no human to human transmission, that masks don't work, that there is no need for restricting flights, for checking passengers and so forth. Suddenly that very government is going to solve this whole crisis if you just give them your data, basically. 
And by the way, that same government that allowed the NSA and the CIA to collect your personal data, suddenly they could do no harm. Nope. And, you know, the same corporations that shared your data with the government, you know, suddenly they're going to work in your interest completely. And Google, by the way, who recently acquired medical records by the millions in secret, now suddenly they have all your best interests at heart. I don't think so. Anyway, what these new solutions will do is they will permanently undermine your fundamental rights far more than they will deliver any value. And I think it's far more important that you don't surrender your individual liberties and that you don't enslave yourself further to this big tech government complex. And I mean, don't get me wrong, continue practicing the social distancing and wearing masks and washing your hands and all that, but don't opt into more surveillance. You don't have to. And preventing the spread of this disease, that's going to happen by conscious choice and by keeping your distance. It's not going to come from tracing every single individual in real time and storing the data forever, because that's what's going to happen. Because guess what? They are never going to demobilize this technology. I mean, do you think in a year's time that there will be an update to suddenly disable the new location tracking features? I don't think so. No, because when the power of all this interaction data is discovered, it's going to be used for even more purposes. So, for example, you want to find out who the local weed dealer has been selling to? Oh, no problem. If you want to find out how many people visited that local libertarian rally and who they were? No problem. You want to know who exercises their free will to visit a gun range very frequently? No problem. Anyway, the point is, we need less data collected, not more. And you are going to receive all these alarming notifications because most likely you will be in the proximity of somebody who, is, who has had or who has or is believed to have this dreaded virus thing. And symptoms or not, accurate test or not, you will meet someone. You will come into contact with somebody. And that notification is going to have an effect on you. It'll probably scare you into sitting at home even more and it'll scare you into policing your neighbors even more. And guess what? It'll make the economy continue to suffer. It's going to make those 20 million unemployed Americans become 40 million unemployed Americans. But hey, who needs to work when you're about to get free confetti money delivered to your bank account? And who needs a real economy anyway? Look, no degree of extraordinary circumstances will justify more data collection. And it's precisely under this guise of safety that you know, these new initiatives are rolled out. Oh, it's an exception this time. It's temporary. It's an extraordinary situation. It's for your protection only. We have to stop giving corporations and governments the benefit of the doubt because they don't deserve it. And this time is no different. Governments are always one step behind the curve in predicting developments, but they're always one step ahead in trying to subvert civil liberties. And we don't need Google or Facebook or Apple to save us. And they don't need a single bite more of your data. So don't be a fool with your digital identity. You only need to lose it once, but that record will be forever stored. Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode. Are you still glued to your phone? Do you carry it with you wherever you go? Are you concerned about Apple and Google and the government getting a hold of your information and who you know and who you meet? Are you going to allow this update on your phone? Let me know what you think. You can email me on podcast at nyman.media. That's podcast at nyman.media. Or you can comment on the show wherever you happen to be listening from. And thanks for listening. <laughs>